Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. This is going to be a fun show today, too, with Alex Ben Block, our special guest. Alex is a senior columnist for Hollywood Today at HollywoodToday.net out of uh, Encino, California, where it always, uh, it, it never rains in Southern California or something like Only that. snows. Only snows occasionally. Yeah. Uh, had a trip up to uh, Dallas a couple of weeks ago from Houston and could mm-hmm. not go because of the snow or the threat of not being able to land in mm-hmm. Dallas or getting back to Houston. So that was interesting. We certainly have uh, winter here in the uh, Lone Star State. And uh, it's uh, it's good. It's good to have you here. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. Like we said, we've got Alex uh, on the show today. Always fun. Wind up Alex, and he goes. So oh, yeah. What do you have there in front of you? Well, you know, uh, if you were asking yourself last Tuesday, kind of wandering around saying, I know this is some kind of holiday, but I just can't put my finger on it. Okay. It was National Pie Day. It was. Yes. I knew that. Uh, well, I didn't say put your finger on it, maybe stick your finger in it, but the American uh, Pie Council tells us that not only are pie makers nationwide celebrating the big day, but they're also encouraging random acts of pieness. Oh, isn't that nice? Now, you may know one of these, uh, some examples of what they're doing. The Sand Sifters, a volunteer group dedicated to cleaning up the Boynton Beach uh, area in Florida. I hope I'm saying that right. Ray used to live in Florida, Boynton Beach. Boynton Beach is right, yeah. Yeah, uh, is enticing volunteers with free pie slices. Seems like that would get a little messy. And and here's a, a point near and dear to your heart, one of the promotions, a taxi driver's. Across Chicago, yeah. will hang apple pie scented air fresheners from their cabs instead of the uh, proverbial uh, Christmas trees. Yeah, isn't that special? So if you can't stand it and you want to know more, piecouncil.org. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Dear God, they've got a website. Yeah, piecouncil.org. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll so, certainly go have you know, pie. you've got your milk, uh, I mean, you've got your different months and days. Now yeah. it's pie. Day. I'm sure Hallmark will pick up on that too. They'll Random packs of pieness, yeah. <laughs> yeah, scratch and sniff. Exactly, something like that. Yeah. You're on the do not call list. I'm on the do not yes. call list. Most of all God's children are on the do not call list. Except so don't a few. call. Yeah, it says uh, the list created in 03 is a way to protect privacy but remove a powerful irritant from the lives of Americans. And we had that guy on the show. The mm-hmm. Federal Trade Commission, which administers the list, says that more than 137 million phone numbers have been placed on the list by people tired of interruptions during dinner or their favorite TV show. Uh, over the years, it has gotten so much easier to opt out. This is a guy by the name of Ari Schwartz. Ari Schwartz, Deputy Director of the Center for Democracy and Technology. They probably have a website, too. A public interest group that lobbies Congress and privacy issues. There are still gray areas. Well, go figure. Because you know what? I don't know about you, but here at the office, we still get calls. I still get calls at home. It's like, quit calling us. Yeah. So uh, there is, it says, to stop phone solicitations, go to donotcall.gov, or you can call a toll-free number. And uh, they will all, they will take care of you there. Credit card I, offers, junk email or junk mail. What else do they have? Go ahead. I usually pass the uh, 800 toll free number that you can call to be on the no call list to the solicitors that call me, <laughs> and I tell them. 
please use my 800 toll free. Let me give it to you and call that me right would back. Be funny. That <laughs> would be great. What a great idea. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to do that next time. Uh, a credit freeze, the ultimate opt-out for your credit is a credit freeze. You'll sometimes hear recommended as a way to protect yourself from fraud. Hmm. Don't do that. Other opt-outs, personal information accessible in less obvious, way, obvious ways. For instance, they use your middle name, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but a whole bunch of stuff. So if, if you want to find out more, that's that was in the New York Times, uh, the January uh, 20th uh, issue by Damon Darlin. Damon Darlin. You know, I like the uh, – they did a piece. I want to say it was 60 Minutes uh, several weeks ago on the Nigerians that were all in a room sending these emails out and composing them. And when you look at what they're saying, and, of course, I think we've all received those before – all you have to do is read the first sentence or two, and you say, whoever's writing this really doesn't have a handle on the English language. Right. And when you see that, you say to yourself, so how in the world could anybody see an email like that written and then say, okay, I'll give you you know, $2,000 because you're going to give me 100000 in return? That's for your Aunt Martha and Uncle Chuck. <laughs> what is it, Margie? So, yeah, well, you know, they'll say, oh, look. Yeah. Mar- right. Margie. Well, whatever. Right. We're using a different name for Martha. Right. Oh, Margie. well, thank you. That's yes. not a problem. Hey, yeah. um... <laughs> too late. <laughs> but you're, it's too late, isn't it? Yeah. Well, at least we won't give away their email address, so that's fine. That's true. But, you know, the truth is is that uh, it, it takes a bit of greed, I think, on the recipient pers- uh, part to think that they can get, you know, a whole bunch of money for a little bit. And, you know, unfortunately, they, they get taken advantage of. But That's true. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, Patrick Meyer here on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about the upside-down media plan. You're saying, what's an upside-down media plan? Well, you've actually seen a lot of them. Upside-down media plan and upside-down marketing plan. Let me share with you something that happened recently. I'm with a client in the morning listening to research present insights on the consumer and the factors that drive the business. In the afternoon, the team is sharing the overall marketing plan and media plan. They asked for my point of view, and I said, well, let me backtrack here. I went to the easel, and I wrote down what I heard in the insight presentation. Number one driver of purchase was word of mouth at approximately 80% level. The next was the brand experience. In the car category, that would be a test drive. In the cosmetic category, that would be sampling the product. The third was the internet shopping experience at about the 60% level. Then it dropped all the way down to television at 10%, radio at 5%, and print at 5%. So I said to the client, your whole media plan is upside down. You've got all your spending where TV, print, and radio are at the 10% to 5% level. But you aren't driving hard against those at the top, word of mouth, the Internet, and the brand experience. I said, you need to realign your whole media marketing plan. Here's where my clients are now and most smart marketers. It's going back to the brand experience. What exactly sets you apart that causes the consumer to say, yes, this is what I'm looking for, and then tell five of their friends as well? So start with your brand experience, then reevaluate what do you need to do as a marketing mission? Do you need to get where people are and let them experience it? Do you need to put it in a place where they can experience your brand online but understand its benefits? Do you need to reorient your marketing plan to get to places where they are at retail or at passion point events or other places where they are? Or equally important, to take your current media, TV, network, radio, and build new technologies in it so that they can get involved. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember... The marketing revolution is now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. 
Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. Thank you, Patrick. We've got uh, making way for Alex Ben Block, the senior columnist for Hollywood Today at HollywoodToday.net here on The Advertising Show. What do you have to take us up to the break here? Well, you know, I was going to mention very quickly that uh, if you want to make sure your brand is still viable, they're suggesting that you start over every three to five years. Not sure I agree with this, but the hmm. apparently key findings from a new survey sponsored by American Marketing Association and uh, states that the uh, in the state of the brand report, I should say, found that brands which were refurbished within the time period scored highest on its success index. According to the survey, almost two-thirds hmm. of the 100-plus marketers polled online in the latter half of 2006 believed that their brand would benefit from a revitalization or and said another way to save your job uh, that's one way of saying it yeah, <laughs> that's sure. my take <laughs> I agree with anyway that. it's the advertising show with Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsythe Alex Ben Block is next we hope you stay with us make your advertising dollars work smarter you're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe What's up? Dino's stolen the different vitamins we need to make Flintstones. yabba dabba do, yabba dabba do. Flintstone vitamins are good to chew with vitamin A. Welcome back to the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. As promised, Alex Ben Block, a very special guest for three segments today. Alex is a senior columnist for Hollywood Today at HollywoodToday.net. Alex, it's always a pleasure to have you on the Advertising Show. And it's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and you know, uh, the beauty of having Alex on the show is you wind him up and ask him a question, and like the Energizer buzzing, he just keeps going, I'm going and going. I'm dinner right now. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, we just uh, finished with the uh, Golden Globes, and before we jump into the Oscar nominations, which were just out earlier this week, let's yeah. let's do some a uh, little bit of old business at this point. The, on the TV side, Alex, uh, certainly the Globes gave a, a big boost to uh, Ugly Betty, which came out of nowhere for some of us, and uh, also also had had some help for some other ABC programs out there. Can you just kind of give us a recap and your take on the Globes? Well, you know, the Golden Globes aren't famous for helping television shows. Uh, the Emmys, you know, don't come until September. But in this case, they did apparently give a nice boost, particularly the show Ugly Betty and also the show Grey's Anatomy. And both, of course, are ABC shows. Uh, also, uh, Alec Baldwin winning on 30 Rock was very helpful for that NBC show. But no show saw a more profoundly big bump in ratings than Ugly Betty, up over 10% in the week afterwards and much more uh, widely seen. So a lot of people sampling it to find out. And then also a lot of good publicity coming off the show, uh, this whole thing about uh, you know the image of young women, that you don't have to be a skinny stick model and look a certain way to be uh, a good woman. So Betty is uh, good for television anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Uh, what does that say about uh, about our our common viewership across America? Are our viewers getting a little uh, fed up with uh, trying to portray uh, the female as the uh, you know the the uh, how should I say it? You know, like the Paris Hiltons of the world out there, and common folks are, are more appealing. Well, I'd like to think that's true. Uh, most of television still uh, is mostly about stick figures. Uh, you know, even if they don't the camera doesn't quite show how thin they are. You've got to be pretty thin to work in this industry, and it is something of a health problem and a national crisis among young women because of the uh, the image that these body shapes give. But that's uh, Ugly Betty is the exception to the rule, and there's a few other shows that manage to break that rule. But uh, for the most part, uh, the two kinds of women you see on TV are either the very, very thin young women 
or the the heavier uh, character type, mm-hmm. and very little in between. Yeah, you know, uh, NBC uh, recently announced that they've launched an additional digital content extension for one of their programs called Heroes. A lot of people uh, know of this uh, show, which happened to be on hiatus until this uh, uh, past uh I guess at uh, January 22nd, the content extension, which NBC is calling Heroes 360, include cast interviews on NBC.com along with original content geared for fans looking for more clues into the show's uh, ongoing mysteries, as well as secret files and even hidden websites. So uh, what's going on here? Is it uh, is this uh, NBC's way of uh, multi-channeling here? Well, you know, NBC has not uh, enjoyed uh, booming ratings and a lot of hits in the past couple of years. And so this season they have arguably the biggest new hit show of the season in Heroes, which is kind of a mix of drama and science fiction and really has caught on. And as one of the NBC executives said to me, now the question is how to expand it onto these different platforms. I think the quote he used was, we're going to make Heroes the poster child for what you can do with new media, (laughs) because they intend to roll it out every way they can for cell phones, for wireless, for computers, for online. Uh, They'll do it with advertising. They'll sell it as downloads, because when you have a hot show and hot content, that's the most important thing. That's what drives all of this. Not distribution, not money, but having the right content is what drives success in this era of the multi-channel world where people have so many choices. So if you've got the show that works, there's a lot of ways to exploit it, and NBC is certainly doing that with Heroes. You know, uh, what's going on with NBC, staying with that topic for a moment? You know, last fall there were nine serial dramas and uh, other uh, on the five uh, big five uh, networks, and Heroes is NBC's only hit. Well, it's uh, not only NBC's only hit. Remember those serial dramas were on Fox, CBS, ABC. They were spread across the networks. And serial dramas are shows like 24 where uh, each episode, rather than being self-contained, is only kind of a stop on the way to the next episode. And so in terms of repeating on television, that's always been a problem. A lot of people are kind of hesitant to commit to a serial drama because they aren't sure they can watch every episode. So there are a few big hits, and because of that, we saw this whole spate of shows come on, uh, Kidnapped and Vanished and uh, Justice. Uh, You probably have heard the titles. Pretty much all of them now are gone except for Heroes. Mm-hmm. And there might be one or two others that are still hanging around. And 24 certainly is enjoying, uh, you know, another great season. But in terms of breaking into the marketplace, Heroes is the only one of these serial dramas that really broke through. Certainly uh, understand the concept of wanting to maintain audience uh, interest and flow from one season to the next with the uh, serial drama idea there. But obviously... Uh, the, the viewing public's a little more picky, and, and it's not just about the, the uh, format, if you will, but it's about content, I guess. Uh, as promised, I'm going to hold the uh, Oscar nominations uh, for next segment and staying with uh, TV and, and programming for just a moment. American Idol, back and more powerful than, than ever before with their delayed uh, return and to grow and heighten interest there. Well, a lot of controversy around American Idol this year. There is. Uh, a lot of people are talking about whether or not the judges, particularly Simon Cowell, are just too nasty and too rotten and treat these contestants too badly that it's embarrassing. Of course, the show's ratings are through the roof, so I'm sure Fox is uh, pleased. Uh, you know, every year the critics say, well, you know, how can American Idol do it year after year? And for the last several years, each year it has come back and it's even stronger in the ratings. It's almost to the point that it's so dominant, it's just shaking up the whole rest of television. Everything else kind of stops and waits to see what Idol is going to do next in a sort of symbolic sense. 
So an idol like Heroes is a show that has a lot of spin-off possibilities. It's just loaded with product placements. I mean, you know, you've all seen the judges lifting the Coca-Cola cup. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola pays a sizable fee to make that happen. And then, of course, uh, when the phone company text messages or when the automobile company sponsors and does all the uh, tie-ins, uh, idle content is so desirable that that's a very powerful engine. And also for all the different platforms, for uh, the things we're talking about, cell phones and wireless and computers and mobile and so forth, American Idol is an ideal product for that, and that's being widely exploited. And as you know, it's not just America. There's similar type shows all over the world that are also doing very well. But in this country right now, uh, at least every January and in, in, into May, American Idol makes Fox a major player in the ratings. And you can't really say that about Fox the rest of the year. Are the uh, the international versions of that uh, franchises of Fox, or are they just ripoffs of the idea? No, no. Uh, Fox is the franchisee. It yeah. was actually developed, uh, uh, I think, by a Dutch company and an English company originally. Oh, I see. And so uh, Fox licensed it after it was already a success uh, in other countries. Hmm. And, you know, uh, kind of like a train wreck, you got to look, you know, and, and I think a lot of this criticism and seeing that in uh, in uh, other judges there that are not your typical uh, critical person making fun of these people here, I think part of that, Alex, you tell me, is about, you know, I guess bringing in new audience and making sure that they understand that, you know, it's not easy to get to a finalist position with the uh, American Idol contestants. And I think it means more as you go on to the next step and you begin to see the finalists and they begin to perform and, and do a better job. And maybe it's just part of the setup, don't you think? Well, I think everything you said is pretty much true. I think it is part of the setup. I think also there's a question of what brings people back. Remember, there's been a ton of these uh, award shows of different kind, and uh, except for American Idol, most of the rest haven't done nearly as well. Uh, you know, there have been a few that have been successful, but it, as much as there's criticism about the judges being too tough, if Simon Cowell wasn't there and wasn't tough, I'm not sure the show would be nearly as big a success. You know, uh, a week or so ago, the great Art Buckwall, the humorist, passed away, mm -hmm. right. and uh, I was kind of thinking about him and what's going on in our society. And Buckwald, well, he took on the establishment, did it in a very gentle way. He, he was sort of the outrageous everyman, uh, and, and he would wrap it all in humor. But today, uh, in the era of The Daily Show and Stephen Colbert and uh, O'Reilly and all the other stuff going on in TV, news and humor, there's an edge to things. And I think that's what we're really seeing represented here is that people like that edge and that uh, they're looking for it and that they get so much television and so much media, the only thing that wakes them up is when something uh, bangs a spike through their head because somebody does something that's so edgy or different. And that doesn't mean that it's attractive and it doesn't mean it's not vulgar, but uh, that's the direction TV's headed in, I think. More with uh, Alex Van Block here in the Advertising Show coming up next. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. We here at the ad agency feel this commercial is provocative, motivating, and really classroom. Now, what do you think, sir? Only one shoe? <laughs> That's what we do, class of Rue commercials, right? On the Advertising Show, Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth, a very special guest and a frequent guest here on the Advertising Show for good reason, because he's good and he knows a whole bunch about what's going on. Alex Benblock is a senior columnist for Hollywood Today at HollywoodToday.net, and uh, Alex, always a pleasure to have you here. Glad to be here. 
Yeah, well, as promised, let's uh, talk a little bit about Oscar nominations that were out earlier this week. Uh, just get a little highlights and, and your thoughts on uh, which uh, which companies did the best and which movies will, in your opinion, get the most out of the uh, out of what they've accomplished here with the nominations. Well, I think uh, absolutely that Dreamgirls, uh, which is a DreamWorks and Paramount Pictures presentation, is probably going to benefit, even though it's kind of the oddest picture in in Academy history in some ways, because uh, DreamWorks led all Academy Award contenders, you know, with eight nominations, as you may have heard. But uh, amazingly, it was shut out of the Best Picture category, even though it was considered a potential front-runner going in. And so, as far as we can tell, we being a few experts I've read, me and the Academy, in the 79 years or so of the Academy Awards, there's never been a movie that was number one with the most nominations that didn't also get the, get the Best Picture nomination. Mm-hmm. And then uh, coming up behind it, Babel, an international film, which of course did very well at the Golden Globes, got seven nominations, uh, including a couple of supporting actress nominations. One of the big surprises, Clint Eastwood's World War II movie, Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah. Uh, which is in the Japanese language, uh, was a nominee. And a lot of people think that that was the one that kind of knocked Dreamgirls' slot out. Uh, Another kind of surprise, although a lot of people predicted it, the uh, road trip comedy Little Miss Sunshine was also a nominee. And this is a low-budget movie that's uh, probably the independent movie of the year in terms of return on investment. And then the other movie is The Queen, among the best pictures, and, uh, of course, Helen Mirren has been winning every award and getting every nomination for playing the role of Elizabeth II, including winning at the Golden Globes. So at this point, going into uh, the, the nomination day, I'm personally betting on The Departed to win, but they're calling it a pretty wide-open race with no real consensus. And uh, in the end, Dreamgirls, even though it didn't get a Best Picture nomination, could end up with the most wins. You know, I know uh, for those movies that have been out for a while, some of this uh, buzz around Oscar nominations can help with uh, uh, even movies that have now made it to DVD. Yet, uh, at one time, tell me if it's still true, Alex, uh, I thought uh, many uh, movie movies would release their... Uh, they're what they thought would be uh, Oscar nominations towards the end of the year, so it would still qualify, but yet still be out in first run. Does that still happen? Oh, absolutely. With particularly with the prestige pictures, the big dramas, they try to run them late in the year. Hopefully, uh, people will remember them. And uh, but but you know, these days also, when you have some smaller pictures, the, the kind of art house pictures, you're actually better releasing them a little bit earlier, maybe in September or even during the summer, so that people have more time to see them. And the other part of this is that the whole Oscar season has been condensed down. You may remember a, year, a few years ago, the Oscars were held in the end of March, even the beginning of April. Now, here they are being held February 25. And uh, the campaigning doesn't really start till after New Year's. And so it squeezes everything down, and it makes it harder for the 5,000-plus voting members of the Academy to have time to see everything. And so they send them screeners, but uh, people complain this year they never even had time to get to them. So, uh, but there is benefit to the DVD release. For instance, uh, The Last King of Scotland, which uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker is considered the favorite for the best actor uh, in playing the Ugandan dictator Idi Amin, the great butcher of Africa. Mm-hmm. This is a picture nobody saw, at least nobody I know. It's it hardly played. And yet when it comes out on DVD, because of these awards, and particularly uh, if Whitaker uh, wins at the Oscars, you're going to see a huge marketing campaign around The Last King of Scotland, and it's going to be all over the place as a DVD and probably make a lot more money than it ever would have made in the theaters. 
Yeah, and that's a, that's outstanding points there. You know, one of the, uh, the bright notes, I guess, this year at uh, NatV, among many other things, was uh, syndication. That it was uh, a few few new hits out there that are being renewed. Some that are not. Can you give us the highlights from uh, NatV? Well, sure. NatV is a uh, major television convention held each year uh, for recent years in Las Vegas, and uh, syndication is that part of television that's not the network. It shows like Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, uh, both of which, by the way, have been renewed now through about beyond 2009. And uh, there's a fairly limited number of hours available to fill, and so there's a lot of competition. Uh, this year we saw a talk show with Megan Mullally, uh, who had been on Will and Grace, which has already been canceled. It was uh, a big flop of the season, and so her time periods become open. And uh, one of the shows that's trying to fill those time periods is uh, called TMZ. Very interesting genesis to this show. Uh, it actually uh, is part of AOL and Time Warner and started as a website, a celebrity website. And uh, this is the website that broke the story, for instance, about Mel Gibson's deputy and the uh, what happened when he got drunk and so forth. And uh, they have a, a real knack for getting some of these legal things and jumping on them. And so uh, now TMZ, with a lot of Internet interaction and multi-platform approach, it's going to be launched as a five-day-a-week strip uh, beginning probably in September. And so, uh, uh, you know, it isn't easy to launch now. For instance, uh, after Megan Mullally failed and several shows before that, NBC now has decided to give up on even trying to launch a new hour. And instead, they've extended the Today Show from three mm-hmm. hours to four hours each morning yeah. and rather than have a syndicated hour. And they also canceled the soap opera Passions as part of that process. And so uh, right now, everybody's kind of stunting and doing whatever it takes. And the few series that break out and can hit or are sustained hits, like, say, Judge Judy or uh, Entertainment Tonight. And, of course, the, the queen of syndication, uh, Oprah, you know, Oprah. The, uh, the, the top show uh, in syndication is, uh, is the great King World hit. Uh, with the star whose name is Magic. I don't even need to say it. You all know what <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, that's true. Mark Griffin. That's so uh, Mark that's Griffin what's stuff. going on in syndication. We've got uh, Alex Ben Block, our special guest here. Uh, Alex is a senior columnist for Hollywood Today and HollywoodToday.net. And we've got more uh, with Alex here in just a moment. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. Oh, you need fluff, fluff, fluff to make a fluff or nutter. Marshmallow fluff and lots of peanut butter. Back for another segment here with Alex Van Block, senior columnist for Hollywood Today at HollywoodToday.net, albeit a short segment, and we've got so much to talk about. It's, that's why Alex keeps coming back, because there's always something great to talk about. Welcome back to the Advertising Show. Thank you, Ray and Brad. Yeah, you know, uh, I guess it was about a year ago, Fox created uh, My Network TV, which uh, began showing English translations of Spanish-language uh, telenovelas, and I, I thought that was a, 
bit of a stretch because uh, you know anyone that's seen uh, a novella knows that it's got a bit of embedded culture to the Hispanic market, and I wasn't wasn't sure how that would translate. And I know they've had some other uh, issues. Can you bring us up to date on on what's going on with my TV network or my network TV? Sure, my network TV, which is owned by Fox, which is part of News Corp, uh, the same company that of course owns 20th Century Fox and the Fox Network found itself about a year ago uh, after an announcement during NAPI last year that the WB network and the UPN network were merging and essentially going out of business and would be replaced by a new entity called the CW, which now has launched uh, fairly successfully. And so all the uh, stations that were left unaffiliated, particularly 10 stations owned by Fox, band together and Fox formed my network TV. And they kind of rushed into this, and they tried this formula, and they looked around the world at all the uh, different things that worked, and they saw that there were these serial dramas. And they thought, well, this could work in America. And so they tried it, and they kind of dumbed it down even, and they shortened it, and they kind of tried to make it for an American audience, and they were afraid people uh, wouldn't tune in, so they put a lot of flashbacks into it. And uh, it just was a disaster. Uh, the only ratings they're getting are older women and, and very much younger women, basically older mothers and younger daughters watching it together a little bit. But uh, I think they averaged out at about a point seven or seven-tenths of one rating point uh, for the entire network across the board on average, which is not acceptable and not a business. And so uh, after four or five months of this and a lot of rumors about what was going on and who was calling the shots, there's a lot of politics at Fox and at News Corp behind this, uh, it was clear changes had to be made. So at NAPI, they announced uh, that uh, they're going to be making changes. They brought in a smart new president, the former head of network uh, TV for both uh, Universal and Paramount, took over the network. They made a deal for a uh, kind of a, a martial arts team sport that uh, is going to air weekly on the network. And uh, they're talking about doing game shows and reality shows. They have a bunch of these telenovelas still in the inventory, and they're probably going to play them off for a while. But uh, I think the idea that these could be successful is uh, no longer on the radar, and they're going to have to spend more. They're going to have to promote more. And uh, pretty much now, my network TV is just going to have to be up against the other five networks to live or die. Yeah, you know, it's not often you find Fox uh, Fox behind the eight ball, but it looks like this is uh, one time. You know, shifting gears to technology for a moment, Blu-ray and HD DVD uh, seem to be competing head to head for the new high def uh, player market. What, what's going on there? Well, you know, uh, since last June, we've seen the introduction of not one but two high definition formats to re- uh, that each want to replace the DVD. And the DVD is a pretty wonderful format, so there's not really a big rush to replace it. Uh, and cost-wise, you can buy a DVD machine right now for $50 or under, $100 for a really good one. You can buy the disc for about $15. If you want to buy a Blu-ray machine, it's $1,000. Mm-hmm. Or an HD DVD machine is about $500. And the Blu-ray disc is about $30 each, about double or DVD disc. So the question is, is a better picture worth the extra money? And for people who are early adopters, who have spent a fortune on their home theater and want the last piece to make it all perfect, uh, they're going to go out and buy these things. At the moment, there's still a lot of concern that there's two formats, kind of that VHS versus beta kind of Mm -hmm. battle. And people don't want to buy a machine that's going to be obsolete and a bunch of discs that they won't be able to play later. So some people are holding back for that reason. So... uh, you have two big groups of manufacturers. Sony leads the Blu-ray camp, and HD DVD is led by Toshiba and Universal and a few others. 
And uh, most of the studios have lined up with Blu-ray, but so far it's been kind of disappointing. Uh, the, the big idea with Blu-ray was that they built the Blu-ray player into the PlayStation 3, the hot game player that came out at Christmas. But because the Blu-ray player is so complicated to manufacture, it made it impossible to deliver all the PS3s that were demanded by the market. So we all read about lines and so forth. But what you didn't see is that eventually the lines went away. What people bought instead was the Xbox uh, 360, which was widely available from Microsoft, and the new Nintendo Wii player, which uh, is probably the hottest cultural video game unit around. If you haven't seen it, its gimmick is that you get a wireless wand, and as you move it around it, on the screen, it's like you're moving a tennis racket or hitting a ball or doing other things, and so you can stand in your living room, uh, almost feel like you're playing a game of tennis. So uh, Blu-ray so far hasn't been the panacea that Sony and the manufacturers behind it were hoping for, and whether it's going to make it there before uh, the world is overtaken and we get everything as a download is now the question. Brad, I think you need to take this as a sign. Get rid of that 8-track. It's just it's <laughs> gone, okay, pal? It's, it's, it's not coming back either. I know it makes you feel bad. Alex, it's always such a pleasure to have you here on the Advertising Show. Go find out more and see what uh, Alex is about on a daily basis as a senior columnist for Hollywood Today and HollywoodToday.net. We'll have you back again and again and again like you ever really funny. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, guys, and be well. Thanks, Alex. On the Advertising Show, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Oh, it was really funny tonight, wasn't it? Coffee? That's another funny joke. Oh, Mrs. Olsen, I just can't make good coffee. No, you can't make good coffee. You can't go to Starbucks. Yeah, just go to Starbucks. Yeah, what are you, cheap or something like that? Come (laughs) on, your husband likes Starbucks better anyway. i got to tell you, when I was in Cleveland back in December, there was a snowy, cold, wonderful, wintry day there. If there can be a wonderful winter day in Cleveland, but it was. (laughs) Uh, the snow had not turned gray and brown yet. Um, but I was sitting in a Starbucks. The music was there. You know, the holiday music was playing. There was mm-hmm. a fire in the fireplace. It's like, you know, I'm having a good time. It was nice. Well, we love we don't find Men. fireplaces in uh, Texas in the Starbucks there, now do we? Uh, no, as a matter of no. fact. Just air, you sit in front of the air conditioner. Alex <laughs> Benblock is always a great interview, and uh, we'll have him back uh, again and again as well. And you can also go back and you can hear some of the other interviews that uh, Alex has done with us as well, senior columnist for Hollywood Today at HollywoodToday.net. Next week on the Advertising Show, a guy by the name of Dan Heath. Uh, and the book is called Made to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. Do you ever wonder about that, why some things uh, kind of hang in there in the memory a little bit and they work better and the other ones flop? Well, mm-hmm. that's usually the case with a, a good percentage of advertising, <laughs> sadly. But uh, So there's some real good stuff out there, and uh, Dan Heath has his, uh, his uh, ideas, along with his brother Chip, uh, who will not be joining us on the interview because Chip is actually doing time in San Quentin. No, I'm joking. Work, work release. Work, work release, release program, program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, Dan Heath uh, made to stick why some ideas survive and uh, others die. We've got, uh, as a special guest here on the advertising show, it's a weekly occurrence as well. It's Jeffrey Ginnimer, a sales trainer extraordinaire. Let's listen to what Jeffrey has to say. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Hey, Mr. Sales Professional. 
If your entire sales talk is professional, you're likely to lose to somebody whose talk is 50% professional and 50% friendly combined with funny. Friendly and funny are a thousand times more engaging than professional. If you doubt it, take a look at any late night TV host. Are they professional or funny? How much are they making? How much are you making? Now, I don't mean to compare your sales presentation to a, a David Letterman monologue, but I'm going to compare the way you think you have to present versus the way your prospective buyer would like to be presented to. Personally, I've incorporated sales talk with funny talk for the last 30 years, and not only has it made me a ton of sales, it's also made me a ton of friends, and it will do the same for you. If you can make them laugh, you can make them buy. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Yeah, that's Jeffrey Gittimer mm -hmm. on the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth. Dan Heath next week, co-author of May to Stick, Why Some Ideas Survive and Others Die. Here's an idea, Brad, that, that yeah. was born and then it died. A, 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 an ugly death, and that uh, maybe I shouldn't say death, but uh, uh, the... This is a uh, the stadium naming, okay? 30-year oh. deal may bring 300 million bucks. What they're looking at, this is in the uh, oh, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Arlington. They're looking mm -hmm. to, to name it, whether it be Verizon Stadium, Wells Fargo Field, the TI Dome, Texas standing for Texas Instruments. Uh, but the company wants to strike, uh, one of those companies wants to strike a deal with uh, Jerry Jones, who's the owner. And uh, the team is still in the early stages of securing a naming rights sponsor and uh, working to identify companies. Uh, could be prepared to write a big check every year. People who track mm. the sponsorship say naming uh, rights could cost more than $300 million for a 30-year deal. Uh, and uh, with their intentionally known brand, the Cowboys can uh, court companies locally abroad to uh, to name the venue as well. Hmm. So it's a good deal for them. The city is getting five uh, percent, five hundred up to five hundred thousand a year from any of the naming rights. Uh, and uh, the, the companies, like we said, uh, Exxon Mobil, EDS, Texas Instruments, uh, all may be in the in the in the thing. But here's the thing: they hmm. have to look out for. And we've lived this uh, in the Houston market. Nobody wants to get the next Enron. Right. <laughs> to put their name on uh, PR disaster, they say it's a TSE Sports and Entertainment Corp. Enron bought the naming rights of the Astros' brand new stadium in, in 2000, and uh, of course that all collapsed when Enron collapsed in 2001. Mm -hmm. So what teams are looking for now are companies that have been around for years, like financial services. That'd be scary, turning over yeah. your, the, your the name of your stadium to a company and having it go belly up and or worse. Uh, what happened to Enron. So let's right. hope that the Dallas Cowboys pick the right thing, and they're going to get a whole bunch of money for it as well. Not a bad right. idea either. I well. think uh, their, their biggest uh, criteria will be, will the check cash? You know, but you but you bring up a good point. You know, uh, Brooklyn uh, recently, an NBA facility up there had the uh, same thing happen with naming rights, and Barkley yeah. uh, became the naming uh, sponsor. And everyone in New York doesn't know, or few know what Barclays is, and it's a bank out of Europe. Right. And uh, everybody thought. <laughs> I saw a piece on CNN. They interviewed uh, some local people in Brooklyn, and they thought it was uh, named after Charles Barkley. 
Right, exactly. Expected. It's spelled a little bit differently. Yeah, with a, but it with sounds the same. Twist, yeah. But it sounds the same. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. So we have Minute Maid Park. There we go. Mm-hmm. Orange juice or whatever. So, Which right. is Houston's known for, you know, with uh, all the different Exxon and yeah. Mobile and all that. It's known for its uh, fresh squeezed Minute Maid orange juice. Yeah, it's not fresh squeezed. That's true. Exactly. Uh, look forward to uh, Dan Heath next week on the Advertising Show. Hope you'll be here, too. The Advertising Show is sponsored by Advertising Age Magazine. Uh, visit them online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a Big Radio Midgets production. <laughs>